Hallelujah. Glory to God. Welcome back to Heavenly Hope Ministries as we prepare to go into covenant priority part three. Amen. Amen. Covenant priority part three. Amen. Very excited. Amen. About the word. Amen. Last week we talked about covenant priority and we pointed out a few things. Glory to God. Uh, one thing we pointed out uh, last week was this. It is God's desire for all believers to see, know, and understand this new covenant. Amen. 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 And so, so we said, so we said, we said on last week, we said this, we said, I should be asking myself, how does God see me? That's what I should be asking myself. You see, and I love this concept here. Glory to God. Amen. Uh, we're going to play a song. Probably not. Probably at the end of the message. That's going to really say in detail. To say somebody put in the song. The very thing that we're conveying in this message. Amen. 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 And the song is called Flawless. And it's by. Mercy Me. Mercy Me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that's what we got to realize that we got to take into consideration, we really do, that God took into consideration. Yeah. We have to now take into consideration that God took into consideration man and all of his weaknesses, yeah. all of his fragilities, all of his flaws, but even more so, watch me now, his ability as man. You got to see God knowing man from inside out. And yet he sought to put a new covenant, a covenant in place that was say to the person that believed you are without fault. Yeah. I like this concept here because of how he simply points out that everything he did was for him to be able to present to himself. I like that. Glory to God. A church without spot without wrinkle, unblamable, unreprovable. I like that. So, the question I should be asking myself is, how does God see me? And however God see me, this is what we call covenant priority. Why do we call how God see me covenant priority? Let me tell you why. Because the extent he went to put this system that we have established as the covenant in place, the extent he went to put it in place, it would be very dangerous for us to be in this place of this new covenant 
and not understand the extent that the Father went to establish this new covenant. Glory to God. Amen. Welcome, welcome. Amen. We gotta see and understand what God is saying when He establishes new covenant. I got a few passages that I want to read. Amen. But as I do this recap, let me point out one thought from last week, uh, from this passage right here in Colossians 1. Colossians chapter 1. Let me point this out. Looking at verse 21. And it says, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Amen. I like this concept right here. This is the concept I like. That the way he's presenting you is how you stand in his sight. Yeah. I like that right there. See, I, look, I know how I stand in other people's sight. But that ain't that ain't that ain't the, the uh that ain't the issue here today. The issue is this here. What is it that God has considered priority where this covenant is concerned? Because the question I should be asking myself is, how does God see me? Yeah. So this scripture here says this here, this is how he sees me. In his sight, I'm unblameable. Yeah. I'm unreprovable. I made this statement last week. Last Sunday, and I'll say it again. In the Father's eyes, we are perfect. Amen. Hallelujah. And we can't do nothing wrong. Glory to God. We take this statement so lightly when we said the others sarcastically. Mm-hmm. When we said the one another sarcastically. We take this light, we take this statement so lightly that, oh, she just so perfect. In his eyes, she can't do nothing wrong. When that is such a true statement. From the Father. We're going to look at it in Scripture in a minute. In a minute. Last thought, we're moving on from last week. <clears throat> the Father never wanted a people without error, mess up, or slips. He wanted to be able to see them apart from their messages. Amen. Which brings us into our thought today. Repeat the last thing that he wanted to see them. He wanted to be able to see them apart from their mess up. See, 
I gave the illustration last week concerning uh, glasses. I had we had two pair of glasses, and uh, and one glass I took it. I read, I wrote fault all in the glasses of the glass of the glasses. And so we all put the glasses on, only they can see what the word fault written in them in black marker. That's all they can see. So think of the old covenant as God having on these glasses that has fault written all over. So when He looks out these glasses at His people, He only sees their faults. But His desire is to see His people apart from their fault. Now you got to get this concept here. It didn't say that they would be without mess ups. What it said is He'll see them apart. From their mess up. And I gave this illustration last week that when a baby uses the bathroom, you don't throw the baby out with your diaper. Amen. But what you do, you clean the baby up. And see, this is what God did in His Word. Yeah. He cleansed us up according to Ephesians 5 and 27. He cleansed us up by the washing of the water of His Word. And that he may present us to himself. I like that glory to God. That he may present us to himself. I like that. What do you mean? When we clean our child children up, we get, after we clean our children up, get that, pick that baby up, and just present that baby to ourselves, just as clean. Glory to God. And we just as happy and excited. And I'm talking about enjoying the baby. Watch this here. Now watch this. We know the baby's going to mess up again. You got to see that right there. Glory to God. We know the baby going to mess up again because the baby had to reach that stage in life to where they know how not to mess up. Oh, you got to see this right here. So we catch baby Christians that still messing up. Amen. And we get mad and want to throw them out. Glory to God. <clears throat> but you got to realize they got to grow up. Amen. Let's go on to this father. I want to Look at that because, uh, amen. I'm very excited my wife is going to help me teach today. <laughs> amen. amen. Glory to God. I, I'm telling you, I think I got one of the greatest wives uh, that God could probably give. Amen. Uh, one that's able to stand with them in every arena of life. Amen. amen. Glory to God. From the ministry. To the street if I gotta go get her. <laughs> Amen. She ready. Glory to God. Amen. Talk with me if you will, real quick, to um, Hebrews chapter 10. We're gonna point out some things. I got a couple of passages and I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna try to be quick as possible. Amen. Hebrews 10, we're going to start at verse 1. See if I can be quick about this. Here we go. Verse 1. For the law having for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the thing can never with those sacrifices which they offer year by year continually Make the commas thereunto perfect. Somebody say perfect. Perfect. Amen. This is what we see God's overall goal was. Look at the scripture now. It says, it says 
that it could not make them perfect, which would indicate that this is God's intention. Now let's yes, keep on reading. Lord. It says, for then would they not have ceased to be offered. In other words, if they were able to do the thing that God was intending, then they would still be offering bulls and goats today. But they're not offering bulls and goats today because they couldn't give God the thing he desired. Glory to God. Ooh, that's good to me right there. Let's go on this part because I get stuck right there. For then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sin. Somebody say a clean conscience. A clean conscience. Glory to God. Moving on. Verse, verse <clears throat> 3. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sin year every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and gold should take away sin. Glory to God. Verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared for me. In burnt offering and sacrifices, for sin thou hast no pleasure. Listen to it. I'm keep on reading. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Who's talking right there? Anybody know? Jesus. That's Jesus talking. Yeah. That Jesus saying, Look, I come in the volume of the book. He said, It's written of me. So you got to realize this is Jesus talking about the book, talking about the word of God, the Bible, being written of him. says, I come to do thy will, O God. Verse 8. Above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offering and offering for sin, thou wouldest not. You did not desire. Come on. Come on here. Neither pleasure therein, which offer. Let me read that again. <laughs> Amen. Above he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offering and offering for sin thou wouldest not. Neither had his pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Nine. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. Listen to what he do. He taketh away the first. Glory to God. Amen. That he may establish the second. Now we understand here that he's talking about the covenant. He's taking away the old covenant and he's establishing the new covenant. This is what I want you to see right here. I want you to see this here that Jesus is saying, look, I come to do your will. In other words, I come to fulfill what's priority to you. Amen. Amen. And in doing so, I'm going to point out what, what Jesus said was covenant priority. Let's go on. Verse 10. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. all. Listen to what it says. Once and for all. all. So listen to So God's priority, God's purpose, God's reason for sending Jesus 
was to sanctify those who are sanctified, purging them, wiping out, sanctify them through the offering of his body once and for all. Verse 11, what happens? He said, and every priest standing daily ministering often, oftentimes, the same sacrifice which can never take away sin. So now we got perfection. Glory to God. We got a clean conscience. Watch up. And we got the removal of sin. Y'all got it? Perfection. A clean conscience. And the removal of sin. I'm getting ready to leave you now. <laughs> Amen. Verse 12. But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sin forever. Forever. How many sacrifices? One. For sin for how long? Forever. Question. Was you here when he offered that one sacrifice? But the sacrifice was for sin how long? Forever. So this forever would indicate that it was before you. Yeah. Guess what? And it's going to be after. while you wow. and it's going to be after, after you. So mm-hmm. you got to understand that. That means it ain't nothing that you ain't going to do. Come on now. That ain't already been dealt with. Yes, Lord. It ain't already done. Do that mean you go out and do what you want to do? No, that ain't what it means. But it means that when you make a mistake, you got to understand. God is not looking for people that without slips, mess up. He's not looking for that people. Yeah. Glory to God. Man, I, I ain't going to be able to make it through all this stuff tonight. <laughs> Verse 13. No, I'm not, not but the verse 12. But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down on the right hand of God. He sat down, indicating this here, that it was done, it was dealt with, it was over. Wait a minute. He sat down. Wait, let me say the way. Okay, glory to God. I'm not quite sure if you knew where you were going when you was on your way here. But when you got up, you had a destination in mind. That's what I want right there. You had a destination in mind. Glory to God. And the key is that you got over it on your mind and you said to yourself, I will not sit down until I reach my destination. The key that you're sitting down right here, right now, is an indication, glory to God, that you arrived to your destination. Watch what I'm saying. Jesus has sat down. He's not going to get up to deal with your sin again. Come on, man. He's not ready. To, he's not going to get up again. Oh, he offered one sacrifice. All right, moving on. He sat down. Verse thirteen. From his form expected to his enemies be made his footstool. Now, I've done a whole series teaching on this enemy thing, so I want you to get this concept real quick. These are covenant enemies. They come to rob you of covenant benefits. And if I were to name a few, it would similar to this here. Fear. These are covenant enemies. 
doubt. Unbelief. Glory to God. Mm. Fear, doubt, and unbelief. Those are the three that I would like to give you tonight. Fear, doubt, and unbelief. And these three things are somehow, they are sent or conjured up by the enemy to rob you of covenant benefits. But this is the key right here. Jesus has sat down expecting till these three enemies be made his footstool. I like that right there. I like that. Now, this is what I want you to see. We are the ones that have been put in place to make him, make them his footstool. Now, we'll get into that another time. I did a whole series of teaching on that. So, uh, we'll get together and talk on that afterward if you want to. Great. But I want you to notice that we are the ones. Okay, let me just sum it up like this here real quick. Jesus is the head, right? He's the head of what? The body, right? We are the body, right? If the feet are attached to the head of the body. So if his yeah. enemies, if, if his feet are going to rest, Ooh, glory to God, man. Because I'm trying to get back there because I taught that. But it's so good, though. You need to see this here. We are the ones that when it said he's expecting, this is Jesus expecting, until his enemy, watch this, it said until the believer come to a place of walking in faith. Yes, Lord. Confidence. Glory to God. And continual believing. Glory to God. What are we believing? We are believing that we are what He said we are. I like that right there. We are believing that how He sees us is how we are. That's what we believe in. And we will not back down, glory to God, to uh, vain deceit or philosophy of men. Which we're going to point it out in the scripture. Well, <laughs> verse 14, coming to an end. For by one offering, how many offerings? One. One offering. He didn't offer many. Now, you got to understand what I'm saying. It's more than one of us in here. Not even count, not even counting. I didn't hang ups and mess up. And I didn't count them. Just expecting it more than one of us in here. It was only. But he offered one sacrifice. He didn't offer no lot, just one. So what he did now it says in verse uh, 14. For by one offering, he had perfected forever. Look at this concept. He perfected forever them that are sanctified. You see that? And who the sanctified is, we are. Amen. So, listen, he's not working to get you to this place. You got to make sure that you understand that when you believed on Jesus, you stepped into this place of perfection. Yes, Lord. Not that your actions, glory to God, would be perfect, mm. but, oh, but your status, Glory to God. 
Mm. He can't take it at all. Yeah, yeah. Your status is perfection. Yes, Lord. So when God looks from the balance of heaven, he sees just men made perfect. Yeah. Glory to God. I got a scripture to back it up. Amen. But I ain't got time to go and get them all. What I'm going to do is I'm going to let my wife come up here. After I read this one, just go to class, let the clock read it. Chapter 3, and I'm sitting down. I'm going to read this here. I'm just going to read it in your hearing. I'm not going to even elaborate on it. Because I'll be up in another 45 minutes trying to elaborate on it. So just go to class and we'll do it real quick. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Y'all let us know if y'all get cold, we'll plug your heaters back up up here. Amen. I'm struggling because we got kind of hot for y'all. All right. I'm going to read Colossians, what? Colossians chapter 2. Mm. 1 through 15. I'm reading. For I would that ye knew what great confidence that great confidence I have for you and for them at Ladius. Ladosis. Amen. Glory to God. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and unto and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Man, that's good to me. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, this inner man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. If ye have therefore received Christ. Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, this inner man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him. You see that? Which is the head of all principalities and powers, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. I like that right there. I ain't got time that way. I will go into it later. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. I like that right there. Who had raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trust and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him. Say I'm with him. With him. I need you to know that you're with him. Be quickened together with him, having forgiven you how many of your trespasses? All of them. How many? All. Last time I checked, 
All means all, and that's all, all means. You can't get nothing else out of that. Amen. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Moving on. He says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us. Man, do you see this? Do you hear this? Woo! Glory to God. Keep on going for sit down. Which was contrary to us and took it out of the way Nailing it to the cross. Amen. Man, you got to see this right here. Glory to God. You perfect in his sight. Yeah. He goes far as and he says, Nailing it to the cross. Give me a second. I'm, 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 Verse 14. Verse 14. Blind out here right now. Handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, he took it out of the way, led it to the cross. Verse 15. And having small principalities and power, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Mm-hmm. Watch this here. This is what I want. I'm going to shut down the last verse right here. Look at the last verse say. Let no man therefore judge you. Man, do you see that? Yeah. What say? Don't let them judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holiday or of the new moon or of on Sabbath. Did you get that? He said, let no man judge, you know, because, you know, we have a tendency to tell people what they ought not be doing or what's right and what's wrong. You worship in the moon. That ain't right. He just said, don't let no man judge you in that. If you believe on Jesus Christ, look, I know what we've been taught. Yeah. I know what we've been taught. I know the tradition that has been passed down to us for years. But I'm telling you tonight that God is not holding the man that believes in contempt. Listen to me. Verse uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 5 says this here. I'm quoting it. I go to my seat. Man, I just. Take your time. You have to, I don't have to teach. Amen. I'm quoting. Well, I did go to that there since you ain't got to teach. Glory to God. Go to Romans chapter 5. I mean, Romans chapter 4, real quick. Amen. And I'm going to point something out real quick. Hmm. I'm going to give you these five minutes at least. Look at verse, uh, chapter 4, uh, Romans chapter 4. It's going to be hard to start starting at verse 1, so let's start at verse 1. What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he had well to glory, but not before God. For what said the scripture? Abraham did what? What did Abraham do? Believe God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. Glory to God. Now to him, now to him that worketh is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but of death. 
You know, I tell the testimony all the time. I tell it now. When I go to work for FedEx every day, amen. I put FedEx in debt with me every day I go to work with. It ain't great. It ain't got nothing to do with what I do for FedEx. Amen. I work for them, and they own me. They are indebted to me when I get to working that day. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. So, the person that working, trying to earn something, this is what he's saying. God, I'm being a good person. So you get on me. You got to hear what I'm saying. Your good efforts can't be to put God in debt. For years, that's what we've been taught though. That if we do this, then God will do that. And what we've been taught is this. If we do this, then we can put God in debt to what God did owe us. That's what we're saying. This scripture telling us right now, to him that worketh, is the reward no longer reckon of grace. But of death. See, when the reward is reckoned of grace, it ain't something you gotta work for. It ain't something you gotta earn. Amen. Glory to God. Yeah. You know they told us for years that uh, grace is getting what you don't deserve. You know that ain't true. Watch it there. When you stepped into Christ, everything you get, you deserve. But you didn't earn nothing you got. That's what you got to see right there. You don't earn glory to God. So let's go on to this far. Verse 5 is what I'm after. Verse 5 is what I'm after. Look at what verse 5 says. But to him that worketh not, but believe on him that justified the ungodly. You see that? The person that believe on him that justified the ungodly. One minute I'm in an ungodly class of people, a class of being, a class a status, ungodly status. But when I believe on him, even in that class, I'm justified. Man, you got that. Look at what the scripture says. But to him that worketh not, but believe on him that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. One more statement and I'm here to my seat. When we see the heart of the Father in the form of covenant priority, we discover covenant realities. I'm going to say that again. When we see the heart of the Father in the form of covenant priority, we'll discover covenant realities. When we see the heart of the Father in the form of covenant priority, we'll discover covenant realities. A few realities that we pointed out tonight. The first covenant reality is perfection. God has perfected us in Christ. In Christ we are perfected. One scripture said this way, that we are complete in Him. Amen. He has perfected us. The other one, the other scripture said this here, that uh, we are one sacrifice, perfected forever, them that are sanctified. So, first reality, perfection. The second reality, a clean conscience. See, we're not offering boys and girls no more. Amen. Because every time they year after year, they get it because their conscience was still seared 
with the thought of sin. But now that you're in Jesus, if you're being taught the truth, watch here, you should come back with a clean conscience. Glory to God. You have to walk the street every day saying, I'm a sinner saved by grace. This is what they insinuate, that your conscience is still seared with the thought of sin. Glory to God. Let's come to reality. I am sinless. I am sinless. Oh, I got one more passage to prove that. And I'm sitting down. Amen. I can do my three, four times. Yep. <laughs> First John chapter two. Look at what verse twelve say. I write unto you, little children. Why? Because your sins are forgiven. Because of what? Because your sins are forgiven. Wait a minute. He said, he didn't just say you're forgiven. He said they're forgiven for my name's sake. Yeah. I want you to get that because that's included with everything else. So when you step into who he is because of his name, then everything you become is because of his name's sake. So when it says you are complete in him, that's what it means. Because of his name's sake. Glory to God. So you need to see yourself in him. Because it's for his name's sake. How you see yourself, glory to God, is for his name's sake. So you can't say, I'm going to ask you a question. Glory to God. On my way to my seat. I'm back to this question. I need y'all to ask these questions. Is there anything unrighteous in Christ? Um. Is there anything unclean in Christ? Mm. Is there anything abnormal in Christ? Mm. Are you in Christ? Mm. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. out the realities of the covenant, which was this. He wanted us perfect. 
He wants us to have a clean conscience, and he wants us to be without sin. Now, he didn't establish this because of what we've done, because we weren't even around back then. Come on, we we weren't around back then. Other people was around back then. I was there. You was there? Yeah. <laughs> well, he, we was a part of the plan, but we weren't, in the, we weren't on earth. Amen? So, I said that like that because I want you to see that we have nothing to do with us being perfect. We have nothing to do with us being without sin. And we have nothing to do with us about being in the point of having a clean conscience. It was God's intentions for us to be perfect. It was God's intention for us to have a clear conscience. Yes. It was God's intention for us to be without sin. So he went to great, ex- great extent. I'm going to keep telling me, please, study before by, by study. He kept saying he went to great extent. He went to great extent because he did. He went to great extent because that's how much he loved us and that's how much he wanted this new covenant to be established within us. Now let's go back to Hebrews 10. I'm just going to read a few scriptures and then I'm going to um, actually close us out tonight because we um, got the scriptures to prove what we're teaching tonight. I just encourage you to read over them and let them summon in your heart so you can actually have a confidence to know that you are perfect, that you are the one that's supposed to have a clear conscience and you are the one with our last reality. You are the one that's without sin. Okay, so let's read Hebrews 10, uh, which is going to start at 14, because you already read Hebrews 1 through 14 already. So we're going to start at 14, and I'm going to read verses 14 through 18. Okay, so it says, For by one heartbeat he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified, but the Holy Spirit also witness to us. For after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds, I will write them. Then he adds their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. So what God was trying to do is, not trying, what God done was, he perfected us. That word perfected means this. My husband didn't get the definition, but the word perfect, it means to be full grown. It means to be mature. And it also means to be finished. So it means to be full grown, to be mature, and to be finished. So God was saying this by one argument with, with Jesus Christ, I want to make them full grown. I want to make them mature, and I want to complete them. They were finished and complete. What the Colossians finished and complete is the same thing. So he was he what he done in the new covenant. He made us to be mature. Now I know in the Bible it reference um, that we have newborn we have newborns and new babies in Christ. Yes, when we come into Christ, we are babies because we don't know, know all that we are. But that's why it's important for us to sit down in the Word. And go to a Bible teaching church that actually teaches truth and not religion. Because we saw in Colossians tonight that we can be we can be um, set up for deception with the traditions of men, following following religion. Religion will never let you live out truth. But when you get to a church that teaches truth, that's that's how you're gonna get free. Amen. 
That's how we get free from addiction. That's how we stop sin. See, Pastor Pete told us tonight that we, God didn't establish new covenant for us to be without error. Because this new nature that he placed inside of us, that takes that takes um, care of us committing the error. But he didn't say, okay, I'm gonna give you this, I'm gonna give you this new covenant. Now I expect you not to make no mistake. No, I expect for you to get in my word, understand who you are in me, and now that you now that you know who you are, then you're gonna go in life without committing or wanting or having a desire to do it. And if you do, you're not gonna condemn yourself. Because you have a pure conscience. Remember, his he had three important covenant realities he wanted us to live out in this new covenant. And that was to be perfect. To have a clear conscience if we do mess up, glory to like it in the last one. And to be without sin. That was his whole goal. Amen. So verse 14 says, For by one army he had perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So sanctified means this. That means that we're set apart, that we're not like the world, because he has grown us up. Okay? He has grown us up. We are full grown, mature, and nothing about us is incomplete. Verse 15. But the Holy Spirit also witnessed to us for after he had said before. This is my point. This is the covenant I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. What he done with the new covenant, he put the put the laws that 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 the old covenant tried to get right onto onto our heart and our mind. He said he was going to put those laws on our heart and our mind. And then he adds in verse 17. Their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. So, because these these laws is on our heart and our mind now, it positions us to not try to make ourselves be what God was intending, which was perfect. Verse 17 says that their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Why? Because he had put the laws on our heart and our mind. So, when we do things, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we do things that make us um, look like we're sinning, because we can't sin, because he dealt with that, right? We have this conviction. You know, for I'm in some some place I don't know, I just don't feel just don't feel right to me. You know what I'm saying? Why everybody else having fun, but I just don't feel right because God has put His laws on our heart and our mind, and He has done done the most beautiful thing in the world. He has perfected us. Remember, perfect don't mean that you won't make mistakes. Perfect means this: God has matured me to the place where I have a new nature, which is righteousness, in me. That make me don't want to join myself with something that's unrighteous. So when I do get myself in an unrighteous position, I have this conviction that tells me this ain't right. Who is that conviction? The Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost, He reminds us of the law. We keep bringing in our mind. It's on our heart. We can't even connect ourselves with the thing that's unrighteous. And if we do, we it just don't feel right. And we ready to repent. Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. But my closing remarks to us tonight is this. You want to run it. We're going to play a song after we um, say bye to our Facebook audience. But in my closing remarks, I'm going to let you know that you are the one without fault. You are the one that's completely in Christ. There is nothing wrong with you. It doesn't matter what you do. And if you continue to allow the Holy Spirit to teach you, 
These laws that he had put on our heart and he had put on our mind, it's going to position to them to appreciate that God truly intended us to be, is to be the one that don't make mistakes. And if they do, if we do make mistakes, it won't condemn us to the point to where we go into those covenant enemies that Pastor Pete talked about, with despair, doubt, and unbelief. So the whole purpose of the new covenant is to establish to you to where these covenant, I'm sorry, not covenant, but um, to establish to the point to where the enemies that rob the believer from living out the covenant no longer rob you. Fear don't supposed to rob you. Unbelief don't supposed to rob you. And doubt don't supposed to rob you. Wait, you will not get to the place to where those enemies will rob you until you allow the word to mature you and grow you up. But that's a very important point in this. You already, you already that person. When you start seeing yourself as perfect, <laughs> when you start seeing yourself without flaws, when you start seeing yourself that, look, I'm so complete, ain't nothing wrong with me, then you'll live out holy. Because he, he wouldn't have called us holy. If he wouldn't. He wouldn't have said you can live holy if you could. But you got to learn to live yourself, to be that, to already be that. Amen. 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 So, Facebook, we're going to close out tonight. We ask that you share this video. Glory to God. Inbox us if you have any questions, any concerns. And we pray that you um, heard something tonight that will convict your heart so you can continue to be the perfect Christian, the perfect believer that you already are in Christ. We love you and keep the kingdom. Can you close this out?